Chapter Six of the Gold Sickle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Gold Sickle by Eugene Sue, translated by Daniel De Leon. The Story of Gaul. When the noisy and martial ardor evoked by the boastful words of the Bren of the tribe of Karnak had subsided, the traveler was seen sitting in somber silence. He looked up and said, Very well, one more and last story. But let this one fall upon the hearts of you all like burning brass, seeing that the wise words of this household's matron have proved futile. All looked with surprise at the stranger, who, with somber and severe mien, began his story with these words. Once upon a time, as far back as two or three thousand years, there lived a family here in Gaul. Whence did it come to fill the vast solitudes that today are so populous? It doubtlessly came from the heart of Asia, that ancient cradle of the human races, now, however, hidden in the night of antiquity. That family ever preserved a type peculiar to itself, and found with no other people of the world. Loyal, hospitable, generous, vivacious, gay, inclined to humor, loving to tell, above all, to hear stories, intrepid in battle, daring death more heroically than any other nation, because its religion taught it what death was. Such were that family's virtues giddy-headed vagabond presumptuous inconsistent curious after novelty and greedier yet of seeing than of conquering unknown countries as easily uniting as falling apart too proud and too fickle to adjust its opinions to those of its neighbors or if consenting thereto incapable of long marching in concert with them although common and vital interests be at stake such are that family's vices in point of its virtues and in point of its vices thus has it always been since the remotest centuries thus it is today thus will it be tomorrow oh oh if i'm not much mistaken broke in the bren smiling all of us gauls though we may be must have some cousin red with that family yes said the stranger to its own misfortune and to the joy of its enemies such has been and such is today the character of our people but at least admit despite such a character the dear gallic people has made its way well through the world few other countries where the inquisitive vagabond as you call it did not promenade his shoes with his nose in the air his sword at his side you are right such is its spirit of adventure always marching ahead towards the unknown rather than to stop and build thus today one-third of gaul is in the hands of the romans while some centuries ago the gallic race occupied through its headlong conquests besides gaul england ireland upper italy the banks of the danube and the countries along the sea border as far east and north as denmark nor yet was that enough it looked as if our race was to spread itself over the whole world the gauls of the danube went into macedonia into thrace into thessaly others of them crossed the bosphorus and the hellas point reached asia minor founded new gaul and thus became the arbiters of all the kingdoms of the east 
so far meseems rejoined the brenn we have nothing to regret over our character that you so severely judge and what is left of those senseless battles undertaken by the pride of the kings who then reigned over the gauls the stranger proceeded looking around have not the distant conquests slipped from us have not our implacable and ever more powerful enemies the romans raised all the peoples against us have we not been compelled to abandon those useless possessions asia greece germany italy that is the net result of so much heroism and so much blood that is the pass to which we've been brought by the ambition of the kings who have usurped the power of the druids to that i have nothing to say you are right there was no need of promenading so far away only to soil the soles of our shoes with the blood and the dust of foreign lands but if i'm not mistaken it was at about that time that the sons of the brave rithagar who had a blouse made for himself of the beards of the kings whom he shaved seeing in these the butchers of the people and not its shepherds overthrew the royalty yes thanks to the gods an epic of real grandeur of peace and prosperity succeeded the barren and bloody conquests of the kings disembarrassed of its useless possessions reduced to rational limits its natural frontiers the rhine the alps the pyrenees and the ocean the republic of the gauls became the queen and envy of the world its fertile soil cultivated as we so well know how produced everything in abundance the rivers were covered with merchant vessels gold silver and copper mines increased its wealth every day large cities rose everywhere the druids spreading light in all directions preached union to the provinces and set the example by convoking once a year in the center of gaul solemn assemblies at which the general interests of the country were considered each tribe each canton each town elected its own magistrates each province was a republic which according to the druid plan merged into the great republic of the gauls and thus constituted one powerful body through the union of all the fathers of our grandfathers saw those happy days friend guest and their sons saw only ruins and misfortune what has happened the accursed stock of dethroned kings joins the stock of their former and no less accursed clients or seigneurs and all of them irritated at having been deposed of their authority hope for the restoration from the public misfortunes and exploit with infamous perfidy our innate pride and lack of discipline which under the powerful influence of the druids were being steadily corrected the rivalries between province and province long allayed reawakened jealousies and hatreds sprang up anew everywhere the structure of union began to crumble for all this the kings do not reascend the throne many of their descendants are even judicially executed but they have unchained internal feud civil war flares up the more powerful provinces seek to subjugate the weaker thus towards the end of the last century the marsalians the descendants of the exiled greeks to whom gaul generously assigned the territory on which they built their town sought to assume the role of sovereignty the province rose against the town finding herself in danger marseilles called the romans to her aid they came not to sustain marseilles but her contemplated iniquity 
but to themselves take possession of the region a purpose that they succeeded in despite the prodigies of valor with which they were opposed established in province the romans built the town of aix and thus founded their first colony on our soil oh a curse on the marsalians cried joel it was thanks to those sons of greeks that the romans gained a foothold in gaul by what right can we curse the people of marseilles must not also those provinces be cursed which since the decline of the republic thus allowed one of their sisters to be overpowered and subjugated but retribution was swift encouraged by the indifference of the gauls the romans took possession of auvergne and later of the dauphine and a little later of languedoc and vivaris despite the heroic defence of their peoples who besides being divided among themselves were left to their own resources thus the romans became masters of almost all southern gaul they govern it by their proconsuls and reduce its people to slavery do the other provinces at last take alarm at these ominous invasions of rome that push ever forward and threaten the very heart of gaul no no relying upon their own courage they say as you joel did shortly ago the south lies far away from the north the east lies far away from the west this notwithstanding our race which is heedless and presumptuous enough to fail to prepare in advance and when it is still time against foreign domination always has the belated courage of rebelling when the yoke is actually placed upon its neck the provinces that have been subjugated by the romans break out in resolute rebellion these are smothered in their own blood our disasters follow swiftly upon one another the burgundians incited thereto by the descendants of the old kings take up arms against the frank comte and invoke the aid of the romans the frank comte unable to make head against such an alliance requests reinforcements from the germans of the other side of the rhine thus these barbarians of the north are taught the road to gaul and after bloody battles with the very people who invited them remain masters of both burgundy and frank comte last year the swiss encouraged by the example of the germans made an eruption into the gallic provinces that had been conquered by the romans thereupon julius caesar is appointed proconsul he hastens from italy overthrows the swiss in their mountains drives the germans out of burgundy and frank comte takes possession of these provinces now exhausted by their long struggle with the barbarians and to the yoke of these now succeeds that of the romans it was a change of masters and finally at the beginning of this year a portion of gaul shakes off its lethargy and scents the dangers that threatens the still independent provinces brave patriots wanting neither romans nor germans for their masters galba among gauls of belgium bodignat among the gauls of flanders induced the people to rise in mass against caesar the gauls of vermandois and those of artois also rise in rebellion together they all march against the romans oh it was a great and terrible battle that battle of the sambre cried the unknown traveller with exultation the gallic army awaited caesar on the left bank of the river three times did the roman army cross and three times was it compelled to recross it fighting up to their waists in the blood-reddened waters the roman is overthrown the oldest legions are shattered caesar alights from his horse swings his sword rallies his last cohorts of veterans that already were yielding ground and at their head charges upon our army 
Despite Caesar's courage, the battle was lost to him when we saw a fresh body arrive to his aid. You say we saw, asked Joel. Were you at that terrible battle? But the unknown visitor proceeded without answering. Exhausted, decimated by a seven hours' fight, we still held out against the fresh troops. We fought to the bitter end, we fought unto death. And do you know, added the stranger with an expression of profound grief, do you know, you who remained peacefully at home while your brothers were dying for the liberty of Gaul, which is also yours, do you know how many survived of the sixty thousand men in the Gallic army in that battle of the Sambre? Not five hundred. Not five hundred, cried Joel, as if questioning the figures. I say so because I am one of the survivors, answered the stranger proudly. Then the two fresh scars on your face. I received them at the Battle of the Sambre. End of chapter 6